Boy, today we are starting the next, actually the, the first in this series that we are beginning on. It's kind of a journey about spiritual disciplines and what it means to interact with God in such a way that we find ourselves being transformed into the person that he made us to be. Transform into the person that God made us to be all along. Because the struggle in our life is that because we're unwilling to train, we find ourselves unable to be who God has made us to be. Now, Paul put it this way. He gave us a special scripture out of Galatians 4.19. And he says this in that scripture. I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed or fully formed in your lives. Read that with me, will you? I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Wow. How many of you would like to make changes for the better in your life? Okay. So you like a little more peace, a little more joy, a little more celebration, a little more faith, all those things you like to have, right? Everybody here want those? Yeah, me too. So we're going, okay, we'd like to see that happen in our life, some changes for the better. Now the question is, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to do that? Well, hopefully today by the end of our message you'll go, I now know how to do that because God has shown you how to do it. He's laid out directions for it. The problem is we missed the directions. We failed to go back to the basics and understand that God has laid out some simple, clear directions for us and how we can be transformed into the likeness of his son, of how we can experience in our own life love and peace and joy overwhelmingly on a regular, consistent basis. So... While we do this, though, it's so important that we get a handle on this that we're not just going to do it here on Sunday morning. Every week, we're going to correspond that lesson, and we're going to learn about it as we study together in small groups on that particular area. Today's lesson will be on what is that process? How does it all work? What does it mean to be transformed? How can we get involved in that What are spiritual disciplines? What does it mean to train versus trying? So all those things, you're going to get a chance to interact with some other friends in a small group setting to get rid of all those questions you're going to have as a result of the message I'm going to share with you today where I'm going to answer everything. Every every question you have, I'm going to answer, but you won't get it because you're not listening or maybe because I'm not making it very clear. But by the time you get through this, get into your small groups, you'll find yourself having a better and better understanding. And if you're not, well, then there'll be another thing. We've got a special book. It's called The Life You Always Wanted. And those books are available to everybody, whether you're in a small group or not, and they'll be in the back. And you'll be able to grab a hold of one of those. You can purchase them. Okay? There'll be somebody back there at a table to take care of you. There's a workbook that goes with it. And that book is simply about how to do what I just said, how to experience the things God wants you to experience in your life as you begin to follow and understand the spiritual disciplines that he's laid out for you. Uh, Rich was talking to me this morning. He said, Pastor Lee, this is a great book. Now, Rich is our chairman of the elders. I thought he was smarter than that. 
Okay? I thought he already knew all this stuff. And he said, you know, Pastor Lee, this was a terrific book. I really love the first three chapters. And I thought, man, dude, you're supposed to be beyond this. Now, the truth, however, is I like the first three chapters too. I thought they were very insightful. I thought they gave me a greater, better understanding of the basics of the Christian walk and actually helped me to understand why in my own life I was changed so much while some of my friends were not. Let me give you a quick background shot. When I became a Christian, I was in the service. And I came out of a drug structure. In fact, I was a primary drug dealer for the entire concern there in uh, Würzburg, Germany. It's called Flat Kasern. And myself and another guy supplied all the drugs to everybody on the base. It's not something I'm really proud of, but it's what was going on. So that was my life, and I didn't really like it very much. I found myself disliking who I was and what I was, but it was better than what I thought other people were around me. Finally, uh, after a series of situations, a young lady sharing her faith with me, walking me through the four spiritual laws, months later, going through difficult times, I found myself in front of a chaplain asking him, how do I ask Jesus to come into my life? And so he told me, and he handed me a Bible, King James Version. Hand me the King James Version Bible. And I said, okay, here we go. Gave my life to Jesus. I was in tears. God just broke me down right there. I went in and he said, there's a coffee house over here, this Christian coffee house that all these other brothers and sisters meet at, brothers in this case, actually. And you can share with them. So I went over to the coffee house. I started sharing with a few people there. And I took the Bible and I decided, I'm going to learn this Bible from the beginning to the end. I'm going to study it till there's no more studying. And that's what I began to do where every waking moment in my life for the next three months, four months, was spent reading the Word of God, praying, talking with other people, or in worship. Every time. I'm serious. I didn't have any time at all where I wasn't doing those things. I had a couple friends with me who also came to know Christ at almost the exact same time. And their response was, well, you know, I already know quite a bit about the Bible. I don't need to spend much time in it. Both of those guys inside of two months went back to their former ways, got back into the whole drug scene, continued on their ways. But I didn't. I was always like, people would say, well, you have such great willpower, Lee. It's just that you have this strong will and you have an intellect that other people don't have. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I'm just smarter and stronger. And, you know, and, and I was like, but I wasn't really buying it because inside I said, nah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And it was really as I was reading this today that I was reminded again as I was reading through the last third chapter about training versus trying, that I recognized that what was going on in my life was I was every day training, 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 training for spiritual transformation. And I didn't even know it. It's what I wanted to do. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do more. And the process that happened, happened Normally and regularly as it would with anybody who simply spent the time with God, with his word, with his children, involved in the things that he set up for us so that we could experience true transformation. And that's all it was. Put it another way, the reason I was no longer dirty is because I took a bath. Okay? Yeah. That's it. That's all it was. I just took a bath. You can all take baths. You have to choose, though. 
whether you're going to or you're not. And that's the big choice that comes into our life. Now, I, I can give you another example because I, I, I want you to get a handle on this. Justin, why don't you come on up here? I played guitar. I'm going to use Clint's guitar here. Why don't you grab your guitar there, buddy? And I, I played guitar about 10 years ago. I played, and I would, um, I used to lead worship, do all kinds of good stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this song, you know, uh, Better is One Day, okay? So we're going we're gonna to do the song. Now, the only difference is I only know three chords. So you can start. Okay? Oh. You don't know E? E. No, that's not one of the three chords. Oh, enough. You get the idea? Here it is. Now, I have some background guitar, and I know a few chords. You know, and and in camp, I learned that I could make any song fit into A, D, and G. Any song. You name it, I made it work. They will all work. They won't work really well, but they will work. However, other people around me, I still remember a young lady I taught how to play the guitar, and I watched her quickly go past me, kind of like Justin or Glenn. And the reason they went past me so quickly wasn't so much that they were extraordinarily talented. They may have been, but that wasn't the reason. The reason they went past me was because they were willing to, can you guess? Practice. They were willing to practice, and I wasn't. I said, you know, if it doesn't fit into A, D, and G, I'd rather teach. God calls us to training in spiritual things, and then we'll find ourselves not having to try all the time. It's not about trying harder. It's about training more diligently. It's about continuing in the basics of the faith. If you won't train, you won't change. Can you say that with me? If you won't train, you won't change. It's as difficult and as simple for that. So what we're going to do for the next six weeks, I'm going to give you a special line that anytime it's used, because you're going to know it, you're going to respond to it. And it goes like this, okay? I'm going to say, or Eric's going to say, okay? It's time for change. And you're going to say, let the change begin, okay? It's time for change. Let the change begin. All right, exactly. And God desires so much to bring change in your life. But the problem is what we talked about the other week. You have the wonderful freedom that's called choice. And God will not take that away from you as much as he wants to. He will not do it. So he's saying, if you choose, you can change. But you must choose. Just as there are basic exercises to stimulate certain muscles in our body, so in the same way there are spiritual exercises that change and stimulate and build spiritual muscles in your life. Let me give you an example. 
Someone came up to me as they regularly do in my office and said, Pastor Lee, will you pray for me? And I said, you know, you can pray just fine yourself. And they said, yeah, but it doesn't seem to work as well as when you do. Now, I say the same thing about my wife. Hey, some of you are chuckling, but I'm serious. When my wife prays for me, more things seem to happen than when I pray for myself. I'm not sure what that's about. But the point that they were making was this. Lee, you're practicing prayer more than I do. You're better at it because you practice all the time. And therefore, I want a shortcut. Okay? Now, there's some, that's not all bad. It's just we begin to say, you know, I can pray just as well as Pastor Lee prays if I just what? Practice. Just practice. Maybe not as well as Egypt does, but as well as Pastor Lee does. We call Egypt our magic prayer. He gets like we say. He just sounds so good when he prays, you know. It's like, wow, that's really cool. The only problem is nobody else wants to pray after he gets done. <laughs> Upside, downside, when we deal with prayer issues. See, as Christians, we are always in training, and that's why Paul says, "I continually am struggling until Christ is formed in you." That we're in this process of formation. And what Paul is saying is, I can't wait to get to the place where I see you fully formed. Where Christ is so strong in you that it's obvious that now you're able to teach others what you yourself have been taught. That no longer are you simply struggling with the basic spiritual disciplines, but you're teaching others how easy it is to do themselves. And you're watching them grow in their understanding and their interaction with God on a regular basis. You see, as Christians, we're called to redeem the time. And the way in which we use our time will determine how time uses you. And the wonderful thing about spiritual muscles is this. As we get older, they get stronger. It's the exact opposite of the physical world. As I get older, I get weaker. But not in my faith, not in my walk with God. As I get older with him, I get stronger. And that's God's intention as he moves us into eternity. So today I want to talk about three different choices of time, choices of time that God provides us with where we can either choose to be transformed or conformed, okay? We can be transformed if we make these choices with our time, or we can be conformed to the world and the culture that we live in and not experience all the things we really want. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We want all those things. God said, if you'll train for them, you get them. I want to play the guitar as well as Justin, but guess what? If I don't practice what? I won't be able to, you got it. It will not happen. But also, if I practice with Justin, I will get better faster. Because when we come together, he shares some things. Well, Lee, did you know you could do this? I didn't know, I didn't know that. What about this bar chord? You could do that. I go, oh, my goodness. I'm getting good. He's thinking, well, not really, but you're getting better. God desires for us to be involved in certain spiritual discipline areas so that we can grow closer to him, and draw others closer to him as well. First of all, time's a gift that God gives us so we can experience transformation. Time is a gift that God gives us so we can experience transformation. That's the purpose of time, by the way. 
That's why he gave it to us, so we can experience this wonder of being changed in the very likeness of Christ and watch it happen in us and learn this truth. In Psalm 23, one of the most famous psalms in the Bible, it says it this way, The Lord is my shepherd, and I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me besides peaceful streams. Wow. Great, great things happen when I allow God to lead me in life. Now, let me mention three of them here right off the bat. First of all, it tells us in Psalm 23 that God desires to give us the right direction for change in our life. God desires to give the right direction for change in your life. And it's not what we always think. Read that again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest. He leads me beside. The first thing in relationship to time is you need to allow God to give you the right direction for change. What direction is he leading you in? He's my shepherd. He leads me. Jesus followed God's direction for ministry. He always says, I don't do my own will. I do my what? Remember? Father's will. I'm always asking the Father, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do next? What's supposed to happen next in terms of my life? So we find that Jesus was always being told by other people what to do. Everybody's always got a plan for your life. <laughs> okay? That's just the way it is. You have to decide if you're going to follow God's plan or their plan. Or your own plan. God has a plan for you. He has an intention for you. So Jesus went at the right time to the right place for the right reason and accomplished the right thing. And you see that consistently in his walk as you read through the Gospels, even to the final declaration where Lazarus himself, well, we'll talk about that in just a second. Okay? He doesn't begin his ministry until he's 30 years old. That didn't seem right to me. I was 23, 24, 25. I was 26. I was doing pretty good. I got married you know, 26. I was a senior pastor at 26. Jesus didn't make it till he was 30. I was doing better than he did. Yeah. You're getting the idea. He was 30 before he began his ministry. Why? Because his father told him to begin then. He waited until... He was told, directed by the Father, to do ministry. In fact, it's very interesting. Just as he started, his mom made him do something. He said, woman, it's not my time yet. Mom, he actually said, it's not my time. She said, please. He went, ah. And then he turns the water into wine. First mistake. Only mistake. No, that wasn't a mistake at all. Great wine, by the way. So we see Jesus beginning ministry in the time that God sets aside for him to begin, 30 years old. And amazingly enough, in three and a half years, he finishes it all. And he accomplishes more in three and a half years than anybody else has in a thousand. And that's how God works it. When you follow God's direction in relationship to time, he will show you when to start, where to go, what to do, all of it will be laid out, and you will be amazed because you'll always feel like you're not quite on time. You always feel like, well, but, but I should be doing this, or I should be doing that. And God is trying to teach us, when you follow my direction, 
you will get so much more done in so much little time than you ever began to comprehend. He leads me. He directs me. He is my shepherd. And therefore, I don't worry about the timing. I simply follow his directions. First things first. Okay? If we want to be transformed, we need to get on God's schedule, not ours. So we follow the right direction. The Lord is my shepherd. He lets me and he leads me. Secondly, the scripture tells us when the right time came, God sent his son. When the right time came, God sent his son. This turns a birth. You see, it must allow God to determine the right time for the change. So first we got the right direction, then we have the right time. So this gift that he wants us to experience, he says you need to experience it, right time, right direction, okay? Now, first it's about where to go, then it's about when to go. Uh, People say all the time, timing is everything. Timing is everything, but we're confused about God's timing, God's schedule, We want to operate on our speed instead of operating on God's speed. Moses, perfect example. You guys remember the story, right? He's 40 years old. He said, I am what? Ready. He goes out and sees the people. He's thinking, I've got great education. I've got training and leadership. I am the man and God's going to use me now. And he goes out and he tells the Israelites, here I am. And you know what they said? Who are you? I'm Moses. Oh, you're the guy that killed the Egyptian. And he goes, oh, no. And for the next 40 years, he's in the wilderness taking care of sheep instead of people. At the end of that 40-year period of time, he finds himself walking to the mountain and sees this fire burning. And Moses is thinking, man, I'm about ready to retire. And you know what God is thinking? It's about time for you to start. Moses must have thought, I'm 80 years old. I'm tired. You can't possibly want me. God said, Now's the time. Now's the time. And Moses begins a whole new journey with an entirely new life. And he does what he wanted to do 40 years ago, but he had no idea what God had planned for him. That's God's timing. And that's God's timing for many of us in many, many situations. I remind you again, it wasn't Moses' schedule but it was God's schedule. I think of Jesus, Lazarus, the most spectacular miracle that took place while Jesus was alive. Lazarus' sisters send somebody to him and say, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You need to get back here. Take care of him and heal him. He's your friend. And the rest of the people with him said, Lord, you know... She's right. We need to go over to take care of him. And Jesus says, nah, you know, he's just sleeping. It's okay. They're like, what? He said he was sick. What do you mean sleeping? And it goes on another day and another day. 
And, they say, and he says, okay, now it's time to go back to see Lazarus. But I thought you said he's okay. He's just sleeping. No, he, he died. He what? Yeah, he died. And off they go. And he gets there to the situation. And he encounters Mary. And they're saying, Lord, if only you'd been here. The things you could have done. And Jesus said, oh, the things you're going to see now. Because it's God's timing and not yours. Your timing was get here now. But God's timing was no wait. So Lazarus has been dead for three days to the place where his body stinks. It reeks because it's beginning to deteriorate. And Jesus shows up and he says, pull aside the stone. And then he speaks to Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth. And I think the people must have thought, Jesus is gone, baby. He's over the top. Now he's speaking to dead corpses. But in a minute, everybody's thinking changed. And they began to see God's timing is always right. And Lazarus come forth. He had to be levitated, by the way, because he was wrapped with bandages. And he's standing here like this, wrapped in bandages. And Jesus turns to the people and says, unwrap him. Incredible. And the stories that began to go then, this guy can raise people from the dead. And that was the beginning of the end for Jesus. Because that set in the timing the final days of his life so that he could become the one who at the right time would die for those that needed to be receiving his death for so, see, the, the question we've got to ask ourselves is, are we using the gift of time or is it using us? Do the desires and the directions that God has for your life grip you and you find yourself going, God, show me what to do today and tomorrow and the next day. Prepare me for whatever is coming up because I don't have any idea, but you do. Because if you have that, then you'll experience the change that God wants you to experience. And that will take place if you'll follow these basic disciplines because at the right time... When we were still powerless, Christ dies for the ungodly. See, and that's the last thing about this time area, is that God wants us to to be involved in the right action for the change in our life. The right action for the change in our life. It's a to-do part of the timing. God directs you to the right discipline to focus to bring about the change in your life. Because you see, Jesus has been experiencing these disciplines in his life on a regular basis. So he was praying constantly. He was in God's word regularly. He was serving. He was ministering. He was listening. He was doing all the things you need to do to be changed and transformed into the image that God desires for you to be. And the result was he was ready at that point in time to do whatever God wanted him to do when he called him to do it. So it was, God, take my life. You're my shepherd. Here's my future. Not my will, but yours be done. And that's the cry of that God wants us to have for one another. Not my will, but God, show me what your will is. I want to accomplish a purpose that's greater than just my stuff. And if you want that, if you want that kind of transformation in your life, then you have to give that gift of time back to God. 
So for some of us, we find ourselves going, well, I'm doing pretty good, you know. I've given my life to God, and I was going along, and things were happening, and, you know, and we're forgiving, and we're giving, and we're praying, and life's doing pretty good. And suddenly we hit this roadblock, a delay in life. Suddenly things stopped. Pregnant pause. And we say, well, God, if you're not going to do anything, then, then, then I'm going to do it. And then we ran into the disappointments in life. We say, you know, God, why did that happen to me? Why did this take place here? Why do I find myself in this position? Didn't happen to Lee. Didn't happen to Justin. Why did this happen to me? And we're disappointed in the direction God moves us in. And we find ourselves disapproving of him, even disgusted with the situation we find ourselves having to deal with, with our kids with our spouse. And we turn to God and we say, God, no way, I'm done. And God says, I like this one, by the way, Yahweh, Yahweh. And we go, what? And he goes, oh, it's going to happen. And we find ourselves put into a situation where we turn back to God and submit to him once again, and God changes us. And because we're forced to fall on our face or whatever it may be, we suddenly get this epiphany and we see once again the God who brought us into the kingdom, the God we met for the first time, the God we interacted with on that one day when we gave our life to him. And once again, we began to understand that time is a gift. Time's a gift that God gives to us so we can experience transformation. So we can experience transformation. And people who are involved in these spiritual disciplines in their life, they find themselves either in omission or commission. Okay, and what I mean by that is, is there's some things that we have to omit in our life to get rid of in our life in order to obtain something else. And there's some things that we need to be committed to in our life in order to get rid of something else, whatever it may be. And so God begins to set out these spiritual disciplines for us. He says, Lee, you need to pray more because you're talking too much. You need to be silent. You need to shut up. And I go, Lord, anything but that. Anything but that. He goes, that's what you need. And then he turns to me and says, you know, Lee, you're having a greed problem. And I go, I I don't have a greed problem. He says, good. He said, I want you to double your giving. Okay, I've got a greed problem. Good, double your... That doesn't sound like a good idea, Father. How about I cut it in half? Double your giving. Because if you want to deal with greed, you have to learn to be generous. And the only way you learn to be generous is by giving. What spiritual discipline does God have for you? What choice do you need to make? Let's watch this clip. Time for change. Now you're getting there. Little by little, we're going to get getting better and better and better. Over the next six weeks, you're going to get a handle on it. You're going, Pastor Lee, are you really going to get through this entire message and the time that you've set aside for it? Not the amount that I'd like to, but we will get through it. Time. It's a gift from God. It's a wonderful gift that he gives to you so that you can experience transformation. But also, time's a tool. It's a machine that God provides for us so that we have opportunities for the change, so that we have opportunities for the change. 
Psalm 23.3 says, He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, when God is guiding us, I find that in my own life, I have two major problems with God's guidance and direction in me in relationship to what he wants to do. Number one is I tend to rush ahead of God's timing. I tend to rush ahead of God's timing. God isn't moving fast enough for me. Say, Lord, we need to have that done today. You don't understand. We don't have time. God says, without God, I made time and I haven't figured this out yet. How much time we have or how much time we don't. He says, come on, Lee. I know exactly the right time. See, our, our tendency, I know my tendency, is I want my dreams given to me kind of like a, with a drive through window okay, instead of a four-year university. I want it now. I don't want to go through the necessary learning. I don't want to go through all the circumstances and struggles and all the things that are necessary for me to become what I need to become so I can be what I've been called to be. 13 years, 13 years. That's how long it took from the time that Joseph, remember Joseph, many colors, got a movie after him now, you know? 13 years from the time in which he begins his journey as a slave to prison until God calls him to the position that he desires for him to serve in, preparing him all along through a series of spiritual disciplines that he learned and he began to comprehend as he went through them one after another, after another, after another. You see, our tendency is we want muscles. We can't get them fast enough, so we decide we're going to take steroids. And God says, not a good idea. That's not my plan for you. You need to take your time. Okay, the second thing that I tend to do is I tend to get into pseudo change. Pseudo change. I think pastors have a big, big problem with this, by the way. And what that means is I want to be something so bad that I begin to take on certain attributes that aren't even mine and I play like I've got it. Pseudo change. It's the one thing that Jesus spoke so strongly against. You see, I want to be changed so bad and the transformation isn't happening fast enough. So instead, I choose to get informed or conformed. Informing, I get all this information so I can spit it back out to you. And you can say, you're so smart, Lee. And I said, yeah, but that was Rick Warren's message. It wasn't mine. That was John MacArthur's message. It wasn't mine. But the reason I did it was because they're smarter than I am and you probably want that message anyway. And God says, Lee, takes time for the change. It takes time for the change. Don't go for the pseudo change. Matthew 23 lays out these warning signs for pseudo change. You're going to look at that this week in your small groups. Get a chance to look at that and see some of these basic warning signs of self-judging and ego-centered and superficial spirituality and, and false faces. All the things that we slip into because we want to be spiritual. I want to be changed. I want to experience a change, but I want others 
to think I've experienced the change, so I falsely present myself as having it all together. And anybody within the church body that has a problem with sin, I point out, man, they've got a real problem. Janice is very judgmental. Merv, he needs to deal with his financial issues. We begin to point out to one another, Rapoli's got a leadership problem, Ego City. Of course, he's got two vowels in his name, so I understand. But you begin to get the idea, we struggle, and then we try to be something we aren't. Because I want so much to be that, Lord. And he says, it takes time. And God's calling to all of us is to recognize that we are who we are, but we can be more if we'll allow him to change us. But we have to allow that to happen in reality. Don't fake it. Don't go to pseudo-concerns. Allow God to bring about the changes in your life and the opportunities in the time that he wants. I put it this way. When you trust God to lead, you have to learn to trust his timing. If you're going to trust God to lead, you must learn to trust his timing. If you begin to doubt his timing, boy, just work through Joseph. So many times I go back to that and go, I'm just amazed. Joseph must have said over and over again, God, what is wrong with your timing? I did the right thing again and again and again. And 13 years later, I'm sitting here in jail And then one day, God says, it's time. And everything changes. Everything. Because it was the right time. You see, God is saying to us a simple statement. He's saying, I can't work through you until I get to work in you. I can't work through you until I get to work in you. And when God is working in us, then our focus is on discipline, not on the outcome. Hope you'll get that. When God is working in you, your focus begins on the discipline, not on the outcome. So I say, I, I, must, I need to pray more. I need to read the word of God. I need, to, I need to train more so I'm ready for the next thing that God has in mind for me. I don't look at the circumstance I'm in. I instead turn to God and say, God, how is it that I need to be changed so that I can deal with this issue? Because God will always provide you with whatever you need. What we are called to do is focus on these areas of spiritual discipline. And if you're involved in relationships with other brothers and sisters on a regular basis in a small group, they'll be there to to help you understand and, and, and grasp what's going on because they've been walking and living with you and they know who you are. And they recognize the changes that God is trying to bring about. And if you're involved in a regular time of worship and interaction, and you're, you're listening to the pastor share, and you're listening to the, to the messages that are sung to the songs, and you're worshiping God, then God will speak to you again, and others around you will speak to you, and you'll find yourself experiencing the change. Consistently, regularly, so that you can deal with the circumstance the situation, whatever it is that God has placed you in. Because more often than not, it's not about waiting so much for God as it is about how we wait for God. 
When you wait for him with faith, when you wait for him looking at his word for answers, when you wait for him asking his children for direction, when you wait for him and say, God, please show me the way he always does. But you have to be involved in the process. I'm going to ask Justin to come up now as we kind of close this up. See, the last thing is that time is a reminder for all of us that we need to change, that we need to change. Time reminds us, brings it back to us and says, whoa, you need to change, Lee. You, it, there's a t- it's time. It's time once again. No discipline seems pleasant at that time, but it's painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been what? Trained by it. For those who have been trained by it. The discipline that God has laid in before us. If you've been trained by it, then wonderful things happen. We learn to endure in our waiting And we find ourselves, instead of saying, God, why did you form me the way you formed me? Instead, we find ourselves responding to him and saying, Lord, my endurance, when it's tested, gives me a chance to grow. So let it grow. And when that endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. And that's endurance waiting. We work it and we work it and we work it. And we find ourselves ready to lift the weight that God places in front of us, whatever it is. And then he moves us to intentional waiting. I'm sure that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work till it's finally finished. Intentional, intentional waiting. And that's the waiting in which I begin to say, God, why have you done these things? What am I being prepared for? And he shows us what it was for. You see, that's Joseph. Then God says, Joseph, here it is, the dream. Tell him what the dream is all about. And he does it quickly and easily. And his life is completely changed because this is the moment. This is the time that you were waiting for, that you didn't think was ever going to happen, that you'd almost given up. But this is the time. And God brings that out and you go, oh my God, look what you've done. I am so sorry I thought that it wasn't going to happen. And now it has. And we find ourselves no longer trying harder because I don't want you to try harder. God doesn't want you to try harder. It's not about willpower. He wants you to train wisely. But this much I found for me, and maybe it's not the same for you, but I think it is. I can't do it without a weekly time of worship. I can't do it without a small group that's interacting and grabbing a hold of me and making me think the thoughts I need to think and share the things I need to share and grab a hold of the things I really don't want to grab a hold of, but they make me grab a hold of it. I can't do it without a regular time of prayer and asking God, please speak to me, and being silent and quiet before him. And then he speaks. 
And I can't do it without regularly sitting in God's Word every single day. And my son says to me, Dad, you got the whole stinking thing memorized. You read that so much. I said, I know. But I need to read it more. Because every time I look in it, you know what I find? Something I didn't think was there last time. Where did that come from? And God speaks to me. And he says, Lee, it's time for a change. And I say to him, yeah. Yeah. And that's today's lesson. So you got some things on your outlines, got some little things down there. You say, I want to experience a change. Well, then you got to start training. You got to start training. So you mark it, say, I'm going to do these things. Make a choice. Make a choice. And allow God to enable you, through your training, to be transformed. Father, today we come to you and we ask that you will change us into your son's likeness. We want more joy. Boy, do I want more joy. I want more peace. I want greater faith. Oh, Father, we want to experience more and more of you because we want to be who we are made to be. The person we know we could be if you'll change us. So let it happen, Lord. Begin today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Justin's going to lead us in a song. We're going to sing through it. We're going to take an offering. And some of you need to give more today than you did last time. Hey? Some of you need to give less. Not many of you, but some of you. (laughs) Respond in the way that God directs. And then you'll experience the change. Got it? All right.